Hi everyone, my name is Johnny McCormick, and you're listening to Spoke. This week on the show, I'm joined by Ben Mudge. Ben is a personal trainer, Instagram legend, and cystic fibrosis advocate from Northern Ireland. But you might know him better as Thor. Ben is famous for his uncanny resemblance to Avengers character and Marvel Comics legend, Thor. You can check it out for yourself on his Instagram, at benmudge underscore. On the show, we talk about how Ben found himself becoming a somewhat unintentional advocate and inspiration for people with cystic fibrosis. As far as he was concerned, he was simply sharing about his own life. Aside from running an in-person and online personal training business, entertaining almost 100,000 people through Instagram, and of course dressing up as Thor, Ben also hosts his own podcast on fitness called Fitness Made Simple. Ben's the type of person that I wish you could all have the opportunity to sit down and have a chat with. He's just a truly lovely person who's doing some really selfless things to try and brighten the world a bit, and I think that's pretty admirable. Before we get into the show, I do have one more thing to ask, and that is to please make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. It's the best way to make sure that you'll never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying it, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to help others find the show. Now, without further ado, let's get into conversation with Ben Mudge. Ben, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast today. Really excited to have you on. Thank you very much. So, Ben, um, suppose for people that know you, they know you, so they know what you do, who you are. But for those who maybe aren't so familiar with you, how do you normally like to introduce yourself to people? What do you tell them about yourself? That's a good question, actually. I've been changing this around quite a lot as I've developed uh, professionally and as who I am as a person. So it used to be... I'm a personal trainer and a bit of a nerd. Um, and even then it was just a personal trainer because being a nerd wasn't a cool thing. Um, it's, I'm just a person really, to be honest. Um, I am just like everyone else. I have been put into a position where it's, um, it is hard to describe who you are. The best way I would say probably online coach and yeah, big nerd, really. Big nerd. Big nerd, yeah. Does the uh does the big nerd is that why you dress up as Thor? So I think some people that maybe follow you on Instagram, you've got obviously quite a large following nowadays. They maybe know you as the the Northern Irish version of Thor. Thor, yeah. That came about um my wife and I went to go and see the first she wasn't my wife at the time, but we went to go see the first Thor film. And Chris Hemsworth popped up on the screen as his first shirtless scene. And she was just like, oh, hello. And at that point, she had not said anything about any other guy and was kind of making me feel good about myself. And I was like, here, hold on. And um, it was about three months later, someone said to me while she was with me, Are you, have you seen that, that thing, Thor? And I said, yeah, yeah, I've seen the, seen the film. And she was like, you look a lot like him, actually. And I was like, huh, cool. And then... It's slowly, like I start, people did say I looked a bit like uh, Hemsworth and then I was just like, well, that's not the worst person to be told you look like. Fast forward a couple of years and then I decided to grow my hair out just because I always wanted to see what it looked like. Plus I was also fed up with having short hair. I had no idea how to style it and thought, you know what, long hair is easy. You just tie it back or leave it down. It's two options. 
So I grew it out, and then obviously the comparisons to Thor started coming in pretty thick and fast. And then I was about seven months into growing my hair, that kind of awkward phase where you're like, I should probably just get it cut now. And then the poster for Thor Ragnarok came out, and he had his hair all cut off. And I was like, oh, damn it, damn it. Um, but yeah, it's. I decided to push on through because I think everybody's classic image of Thor in their head is long blonde hair, kind of from the first Avengers. So it's um, it's not a look. I, I haven't fashioned my look after him. It just happens to coincide with it. And just a couple of factors kind of aligned so that I, I was thought, you know what, I'll just embrace it. Plus it gives the, the best thing about it that I never planned and I couldn't, I couldn't have planned it is the fact that now children with cystic fibrosis and even just children alone, now I think Thor has cystic fibrosis because I like meshing the two together. So I'm like, right, okay, if I'm Thor, I'll talk about my CF. So they kind of almost have like a hero without even, well, Marvel didn't plan it. You know, I didn't plan it, but now they've kind of got a hero that has cystic fibrosis in their eyes, which is beyond incredible to me. Yeah. So can you say a little bit about cystic fibrosis, um, Ben? So just imagine you're talking to someone who doesn't know, doesn't know anything about it. Can you say just a little bit about it and what it means to you and sort of how it affects you, I suppose? So cystic fibrosis is a genetic illness. It, uh, you, you're born with it. Your parents have to be two carriers of the gene and then you get it. So my older brother, who you know, he's a carrier. <clears throat> he's a carrier. I got the full, the t- both copies and my younger sister, Lydia, she's a carrier as well. So they didn't get it. Um, essentially to sum it up, cystic fibrosis is, it's a, an effect. It's basically the mucus in your body is much, much thicker than someone who doesn't have cystic fibrosis. So mucus is essentially the oil of your body. So imagine your car, the oil, and it keeps everything moving nice and smoothly. Someone like yourself who doesn't have it, their oil will be nice and fluid, like water in a, in a glass. You imagine though how water in a glass, you'd swirl, it would move quite freely. Someone with cystic fibrosis, that's, wallpaper paste in that in that cup instead so every process within the body is much more difficult and the the biggest effect and the biggest killer for people with cystic fibrosis is because that mucus is so thick if you get a chest infection the bugs from that chest infection basically get stuck in there they damage the lung tissue over a period of time it damages it further and further and further until there's permanent damage you then lose that section of your lung function or your lungs and it keeps going until you've essentially got no lung functions at all and you require a lung transplant, which unfortunately not a lot of people are organ donators. So if you're listening to this and you're not an organ donator, I, I would urge you to become one. It doesn't take any time at all. How does someone go about doing that? Yeah. It's literally a, a form you fill out online. If you Google it, you'll be able to fill it in. And in my opinion, like I know it's always about, like I talk about heroes and stuff a lot, but in my opinion, a hero is someone who gives their life to save someone else's. And that is essentially what you're doing. You know, you're giving your organs to save potentially, you know, several people. Yeah. To me, that's 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 a hero. So yeah. if you can do it, you know, I am, I'm one. So uh, I would strongly advise it. Yeah, that's great. Um, how how has cystic fibrosis affected you to this point? So obviously, you're a personal trainer. You take um, really good care of yourself. So how does how does it show up in your life or is that why you went into personal training? Can you say just a little bit about how those sort of things tie together then? Yeah. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool story actually. Um, I wanted to be a director. I wanted to be a film director. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in the film and TV industry. So I studied four years to become that. <clears throat> um, I got a job on Game of Thrones, I had a couple of jobs and other smaller pieces, but Game of Thrones was like the big one. 
And it was working on that. I realized that this, it's, it wasn't suitable for my health. I was working very long hours. I wasn't able to sleep. I wasn't able to train. I wasn't able to eat. I wasn't able to rest, which is the big thing for me. Uh, resting is just as important as the activity I do. Um, and I was speaking to a Dothraki extra. So this guy, if you don't know what a Dothraki is, essentially like a tribal warrior, shirtless, big sword over his shoulder. And he was one of the extras and he was sitting chatting to me. And he could tell I was bored because I was just, just standing around. I had to look busy when there was absolutely nothing to do, which is not fun. And uh, he said, you do, dude, you, you don't look like you're having fun here. I was like, I'm not, to be honest. And if I know that if I want to continue on this path, it's going to be a lot of this. And I don't know if I can stick this and I don't know if I could you know, stick it mentally or physically. Mm-hmm. And that annoyed me because that was the first time my CF had really kind of dictated what I had to do. So he said, oh, you know, do you like training? You know, he's talking to me about all my interests and he's like, oh, you're in kind of good shape. You know, would you consider being a personal trainer? And I was like, I don't know what that is. What is, what is that? What I do? And he's like, you basically just help people in the gym. I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, you can get paid for that? Yeah. I was like, cool. I love helping my friends in the gym. You know, I like reading all the magazines. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a, like, a, it was like fate kind of pushed me in this direction. And I realized that, okay, if I need to keep healthy with my CF, I'm going to need to be training quite frequently and I'm going to have to then learn more about the body and how it works. And yeah, it was, it was fate. It felt like it was fate. I don't know if I believe in fate, but it kind of felt like fate just kind of went, you need to, this something needs to happen and you need to change your path, uh, which I'm, I'm so glad I did. But in terms of how CF affects me day to day, it's luckily it's more for me, it's more the mental impact it has on me. Um, for instance, you know, coming up here, I walked up the stairs and I'll be like, Am I, am I as out of breath as I should be? Is this normal? And I start getting very paranoid about it. I'm like, okay, do, have I got something, you know, is my chest tight? You know, all these things start running through your head. It's just like a mental checklist of everything that could go wrong. And that's the most difficult thing for me. You know, again, fortunately, my physical symptoms are not as bad or severe as a lot of other people's, but that's because I've taken the necessary steps to make sure that they are held at bay, as it were. Yeah, but you're sort of going through that mental checklist all, every of, all day, the time. All the day, every day. And it's uh, it's exhausting, to be honest. Yeah, so suppose one, one thing that I'm curious about then, Ben, is you don't seem like someone that's defined by your challenges or, um, you know, those extra things that CF might bring into your life that someone that doesn't have it um, won't have to confront. How do you get the motivation to push through those th- those sort of challenges i was actually doing a talk about this um on the weekend there uh motivation is probably the question i get asked the most like you know in terms of how do i get motivated how do i stay motivated the truth is you're not motivated all the time if someone says they're motivated all the time they're lying yeah. it's, it's impossible it's like a mood you're happy you're not happy all the time you're sad you're not sad all the time hopefully It'll come and go and your motivation will come and go. It'll dip and wane and then peak and trough. And the main thing I always keep in my head is I've seen what it's like to not be well. I've seen what it's like to not be able to keep up with my friends. I uh, had a chest infection. I've only had two, I've only ever had two, uh, hospital stayovers in my life because of my chest and. The first time was the scariest because my lung function went from 100%, which is someone my age, weight and height without cystic fibrosis. So that's what they gauge 100% by. Uh, and mine went from 100% to 66. Wow. Which is essentially if, you know, if you're listening to this and you go take a deep breath and then someone just got punching you just as you're about to get that good, clean bit of air. That's what it felt like. Um, my parents' house, 
four stories. I'd run up it every day. My my bedroom was the top floor. And I could hold my breath. I wouldn't even be thinking about it. But then one day I got to the third flight and was, what, what is, what's going on here? That was terrifying. I never want to be in that position again. So that's the thing I think about when I really couldn't be bothered doing it. I'm just thinking, what's the alternative? And then it becomes, it doesn't even become a, a question there. It's just, it, it has to be done. That's the way I see it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's this is the way you do it. Because that way isn't, it's not going to happen again. So motivation for me is again, very personal. Uh, because I said, I've seen what it's like to not have what I have. And I, it means I don't take things that I have for granted as well, which is a gift to me, I think. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what would you say to, um, someone, Ben, that maybe doesn't have cystic fibrosis that is looking for a little bit of motivation? Where can they, um, sort of what wells can they tap into to, to find something? You need to think about what you want first. Obviously, everyone knows what they want. They'll be like, oh, I want abs. I want to be X amount lighter and all that stuff. But then you need to think about why you want it. What is easy, but why is more difficult? You need to have a, you need to really sit and think about why you want it. You know, is it an emotional attachment? Is it something someone said to you that made you feel wrong, you know, bad? Or, you know, are you doing it for the right reasons? Because if you're not doing it for the right reasons, it's never going to be good enough to keep you going. But if you think, why am I doing this? You know, it could be, it could be that you, you just want to feel better about yourself. I think, right, why? What is going? What is this goal that I have in my head? So let's say it's lose 10 kilos. Am I, what's it being 10 kilos lighter going to do to me? How is that going to make me feel? And why do I feel like I need to lose that, first of all? And you just write those things down. And you need to be able to see those every single day. So, you, need, you know, for me, it's a, it's a checklist. It's simple. I don't want to end up in the hospital again. Um. There's obviously now a lot of factors that come into that for me now. It's, you know, I have kids who look up to me. I'm a, almost a role model, which is something strange to me, but it's kind of been placed upon me that I'm a role model now for pretty much any, everybody with cystic fibrosis. So I need to be, I need to be doing the right things, you know, for my health. So that's the added pressure, but I, I see it as good pressure. So yeah, you just need to think about what you want and then really sit and think about why you want it. And then the way the analogy I used is, you know, you look at your goals and what you want is a puzzle. You know, you see something beautiful, you think, oh, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing, that's an amazing puzzle. But when you get up close to a puzzle, you'll see it's comprised of several small pieces. It's not just one perfect piece. It's taken hundreds and thousands of smaller pieces to create that big picture, that big puzzle. So think about it that way. You know, if your goal is to lose 10 kilos, let's say, focus on losing that half a kilo first. Put everything you can to lose in that half a kilo. Then the next one. Then the next one. Then the next one. Then the next one. I think, I think a lot of people, when they're trying to achieve certain goals, they look at the end of where they want to be and they think, flip me, that's so far away. They don't take, think about taking that first step. And then you know, celebrating that first step. Then the next one. Then the next one. So basically, on your way to 10 kilo loss, you could have 20 mini victories if you're losing half a kilo every time. Yep. That's the best way of approaching it. So write down what you want, why you want it, and then break it down as much as you can. And if you've got a plan and set in place, you know, when you're following a plan, it's fairly easy. You know, when you, you think, okay, this is just a set path and I have to follow it. That's where motivation, you know, some days you're going to feel great about yourself and you're going to think, yes, I'm going to do this. Other days you won't. If you haven't got a plan, the days that you are unmotivated, they're the days you're just going to not do anything. Whereas if you plan, you're like, oh, you know what? I'll just, I'll get through the plan. It may not be a great session or a great day in terms of food, but I'll get my way through it. So having a plan in place is 
Very important. It allows you to get to that next step without sort of sacrificing the end goal. Exactly. Yeah. So you said, um, Ben, something really interesting in there that you've become a role model for people with um, CF and actually probably a lot of people without CF as well. How did, how did that come around? Like, how did your sort of your public persona, I guess, come about? How did you find yourself as, as a role model? I actually don't know the exact point that it happened. I, I created a Facebook page. 2011 just for my my personal training business and i knew that i had something unique that no one else had with you know in my peers and and people that i knew that i knew that they were all in ridiculously good shape and i knew that i was in good shape but i i knew there was something more to me than just that i wasn't just a physique i knew there was something more to me and that i could i could provide something more so i was like yeah, i'll maybe talk about my cf a little bit and I never, the thing is I was so cautious of at the start was I didn't want ever anyone to think, this is, I say this all the time, I never want someone to say, he's got CF, look how well he's done. I want people to look at me and say, he's done so well, he's got CF. Yeah. And that sounds so simple, but to me that is so important because I want people to see my success and how, how I've done and how much hard work I've put in. Then to learn that I've got that, because then that makes the first one, you know, more impressive yeah. to a certain degree. Whereas if it's the other way around, it's kind of like, oh, you know. Well, well done. You kind of worked, you, you did your best, you know, that type of, it's, it's almost patronizing. So I was very reluctant to talk about my CF, um, in any great degree, you know, I take photos and stuff and you can see clearly see the scars from my operations. Um, I talk briefly about my tablets that I take, but again, anyone taking supplements would probably be taking the same amount of tablets. So I didn't ever blow it out of, out of uh, proportion, but the, the messages I started getting when I did start talking about it were from parents saying, oh, you know, so nice to see you doing so well. I've just had a newborn son and, you know, all the news that you get when they're born is that, you know, they're going to have X, Y, and Z. And the, the prognosis for cystic fibrosis when you're born is pretty, pretty grim. You know, if you Google it, you get a lot of fairly sad stories, uh, unfortunately. But then apparently then my posts must have been starting to get up to the top of those kind of searches, which is incredible. So it's given a lot of people hope, which is... To me, you can't you can't put a price on that. Hope is something that is just. I think everyone needs it, and the fact that I can provide that to someone who has been pretty much been told there isn't any, it's, it's hard to even comprehend that. Like it, it doesn't feel real. It feels like I'm right now. It feels like I'm talking about someone else. It doesn't feel like this is me that I've been able to give people that. But yeah, the it kind of all just came about. It's never something I ever planned. It's never something I ever could have ever expected to have done or achieved it's an incredible feeling the fact that i'm just doing what i deem is necessary and yet i'm changing people's lives who i'll probably never meet yeah. it's a mind-blowing feeling it's still i don't know how to really express it and i don't know how to even deal with it because it's not something you're taught to deal with you know when your parents are you know growing up you're taught how to respond when someone gives you something you're taught how to respond when there's sad news when there's happy news you're never taught this is what it's going to feel like to affect thousands of people's lives. So it's a very hard thing to actually comprehend for me. I, 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 I said, it just feels like they're, they're talking to someone else. It's yeah. hard for me to actually absorb it, but it's something I am unbelievably grateful for. There's again, there's no words in the English language that can really convey about how I feel and how it makes me feel. But I, I try, I, I take a stab at it every time, but I feel like it always falls short of how I actually feel. So it sounds like you were doing you know, you were almost doing something for you. Yeah. And then you started to share a little bit, you know, about the personal side of your, of your life. Yeah. And it sort of took off and happened quite organically. Completely, yeah. 
Do you feel like there's a sense of responsibility that comes with that now? And can you say a little bit about that? There is a definite sense of responsibility in the position that I'm in. I feel like I need to be, I feel like I need to be doing the right thing at all times, which is, there's a lot, it's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, I am human and I think the, the image that people have of me, especially now that they relate me to Thor, who's a god, um, <laughs> that must be pretty nice. It's, it's not the worst. <laughs> it's not the worst, but you know, there is, it's a lot of pressure, uh, because I am human. I do, I do make mistakes. I, I'm not perfect in any way. You know, I, I just do my best like everyone does. They, they, just do the best with what they've been given. And you, you think, oh, this is the best thing I should be doing right now and all that stuff. But the, the pressure in terms of the kids and stuff and all that stuff, it, it it's incredible to me because I, I do the right things anyway, you know, in terms of my health and my, my mental health and everything. Like I feel like I'm doing the right thing. So it doesn't, it's not an act. Yeah. So it's not tiring for me to do it. Which is, you know, I think if you were acting, if it was an all act, this would get exhausting very quickly and see the cracks and, you know, you, it would just, it would all feel false, which is the best thing. I've never done anything that's out of character. I've never done, I've never felt like I've had to do something because of the position I'm in. It's, it's been incredible because I'm just literally just being me and people are, people are just relating to me and then I'm taking what I'm doing and, and then trying to better themselves, which is, it's amazing. It's really incredible. Do you find that a lot of the clients that you work with then, Ben, in your sort of your PT business, do they have um, CF or other gene- genetic um, conditions or are you working with sort of a full full gamut of people? I work with a huge range of clients. Uh, obviously, I do have people with cystic fibrosis. In fact, on the way here, I got a message from one of my clients who lives over in London. Vass, his name is. He just got back from his CF appointment and the mucus in his chest, I've been working with him for year and a half maybe two um the mucus in his chest x-rays have shown significant decreasing or de- decreasing decrease decrease <laughs> that's all yeah <laughs> um and his lung functions have returned to what they were in 2014 which were the best they ever were wow and he just said if i if i could hug you i would he says obviously with cf we can't meet because of cross infection purposes um but it's it's incredible to think what Again, the way I see it is I'm just doing what I think is right. That doesn't necessarily mean it is right. It's just, it seems to be working for me. So I'll never say to someone, you need to do exactly what I'm doing in order to get the results that I'm getting because I'm very much aware that everybody's individual. And what works for me won't work for you, what won't work for the person beside you, the next person you meet, so on and so forth. So the fact that I'm able to help him feel better, look better, move better, breathe better, everything is, is amazing to me. But I do deal with a lot of people. It's a lot of um, just regular, If that, I don't think regular really exists, to be honest, but air quotes, regular people. Yeah. Um, I deal with a lot of them. And they say the main reason they come to me is simply because I just seem like a decent guy who is in good shape and, and then also has something which really should dictate why he shouldn't be. And they see that as kind of a bit of inspiration and motivation. So yep. a lot of my clients come to me simply because they respect me. And that's, that's a nice feeling. Yep. It's good. Yeah. So um, noticed on your Instagram, you were at Comic-Con in Dublin uh, not so long ago, dressed as Thor. So with the full sort of costume on, do you want to say a little bit about what that was like? That was incredible. I was there at Dublin Comic-Con last year and I just had the foam hammer and that was it. And there's people stopping and talking to me saying, oh, you look, you look so much like Thor. 
I was like, oh, yeah, cool. That's, that's pretty sweet. And then I met a girl there last year. Her name's Bronte. She, she's a big cosplayer. And she was like, if you come as Thor next year, you will get mobbed. And I kind of just laughed. I was like, actually, nah. she's just probably very enthusiastic about what she does. And she just wants, wants me to get in on it. She was right. A hundred percent right. I, I couldn't move at all at that Comic Con. If I had wanted to go and see all the booths, I couldn't have. I literally, there's a photo that my friend took and there's a circle of people around me. I'll show it to you after. There's a circle of people around me and they're all just waiting for photos. I think I was there for four hours in costume and I think three hours, 55 minutes of that was just me smiling taking photos, holding the hammer. And by the way, the hammer is like heavy. It's like five kilos. My forearms are wrecked because I was holding it a lot. And if you hold it by the top, it kind of looks a bit meh. So I was holding it about halfway through, um, which is very difficult. And in some of the photos I was standing and obviously when someone's taking a photo of you, the phone never works straight away. If, especially if it's an older person, no offense, but like <laughs> if it's an older person, they're like taking their sweet time to take that photo. And some of the photos I can just feel the hammer just slowly <laughs> dropping. And I'm like, please take the photo, please take the photo. I'm still smiling. And it feels at that point, it's just a grimace. Whereas kids are like, click, done. I'm like, yes. But that was, that was incredible. Like that was something that, as a kid, I obviously, I loved superheroes. I loved uh, Batman, Spider-Man, all those people. And if you told five-year-old me that when you're 28, people will be coming up to take photos of you because you look like one of these superheroes. I think I would have been so excited. Like, when did I turn 28? This yeah. is amazing. The costume and everything is incredible. It's just, I love my life. So why did you yeah. decide Why did you decide to do that, Ben? Why did you decide to go down to Comic-Con dressed as Thor? I was almost, almost convinced. Um, I had a guy, Stuart, who I work with. He had a Thor costume and he messaged me on Instagram. It was a year ago. Just saying, like, I've got this Thor costume you should definitely try it on before I sell it. You should stick it on, see how it looks. I was like, yeah, cool. And he came down and he, he, he put it on me and then he had his Captain America one. That's what he does. He's a fireman, but he also then does all these cosplay events and goes to functions and events and kids' parties and stuff. And he, the quality of the costumes he has are unbelievable. He's superheroes and I. It's the company that he works for. And he put it on me and I was like, this is cool. I like this. this, this it's exactly what you imagine it would feel like. You just feel like, I feel like a superhero. Yeah. It's amazing. And he said to me, look, if you ever get one yourself, let me know and we can, we can do a bit of work together. And then every so often he'd message me being like, so did, did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? Have you got the costume? And he was sending me links to the costumes and they're all, it's expensive. They are expensive. And I thought, you know what? I've done this thing on my social media, Thor's days. And I thought, you know what? These kids actually think I'm Thor. It's worth me spending a bit of money just to push that you know, out a little bit further and really think, make, make them think that I am actually Thor. And um, my plan was to take it and then I'm still, I've still got to do this. Um, take pictures of me and videos of me taking my nebulizers, taking my tablets, just do everyday things, but in this Thor costume so that kids with CF don't feel as bad taking their nebulizers or taking their tablets or doing anything else. So that, that was my main reason for getting it. And obviously the second reason was the fact that I would be able to dress up as Thor. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, I was kind of, it almost just, ha- again, like most things, it just happened organically and it, it, it was a, I think it was a good, good decision. Yeah. Nice little happy accident in some ways. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Great. So, um, Ben, I always like to ask just a couple of sort of slightly more 
um, suppose personal questions to find out a little bit more about about you. Um, so I'm wondering if you can share with us who is the person or people um, that have had the biggest impact in your life and what that was. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think my parents, probably my mum and dad, have had the biggest impact on me because obviously they've they to a certain age obviously created who I was and that obviously got me off to a pretty good start. Um, so you always just want to make your parents proud. That's the ultimate thing. And especially with what my parents were told when I was born that I would essentially be a burden to their existence and everything that they did would have to revolve around me. There'd be oxygen tanks in every room. I was essentially just going to be a crutch to them. And when I got told that when at an age that I could actually comprehend what that meant and what that would you know, obviously I can't imagine what that would feel like. I don't have any kids or anything myself. But all I wanted to do then was like, I just want to make sure that they never feel like that. That was my goal. And I don't, it took me a while to kind of actually, you know, realize that, that that's, that was one of my big goals and one of my big drives that I just wanted my parents to feel like they were never going to have to look after me or I was never going to be a burden to them or anything like that. So they'd probably be my biggest motivators. And then obviously my friends, my wife, you know, I, again, the people that follow me, the kids and stuff. They'd be what I, what I think, I really couldn't be bothered doing this. I just think, right, what would it be like if I was a kid and I saw, you know, someone like me doing this yeah. and I saw them give up, I'd be devastated. So I thought, I just think, right, I, I need to do this. I need to do this for them. I need to do this for me. I need to do this for everyone around me. So that'd be my biggest source of motivation and who've kind of folk, like shaped who I am. So my parents, my friends and family, my wife, and then lastly, the, the people with cystic fibrosis, the kids. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given and why do you think it meant so much to you? Be yourself. And that sounds so cheesy and cliche, but it's true. It's something I, you get, you get told that when you're a kid, like you just, you want to be like everyone else, especially when I was younger, because I just wanted to be all like my friends because I knew they didn't have CF. I did. I just wanted to be like them, do everything they could do, you know, just, just fit in. And then... As you see, you get started to get older, even through secondary school, you kind of feel the same. You just want to fit in. And then it was when I started really embracing the fact that, you know, my CF could make me unique and stand out <clears throat> is when I was like, you know what? I, everyone's not the same. And I think if everyone was the same, it would be really boring. So embracing the fact that I am different to everyone was the best thing I ever did. And the fact that I just, I am just being who I am is enough for people to appreciate and, and to follow what I'm doing, which is again, incredible to me. Um, so yeah, it's just be yourself and don't be embarrassed about anything. You know, I'm a massive nerd and that wasn't acceptable really until Marvel films start coming out. You know, if you were a nerd and you like comic books or superheroes, you kind of have to just keep hush hush about it and you know, speak to the people who you knew wouldn't make fun of you. But now it's, uh, now it's cool, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, so, yeah. Just be yourself, be yourself and, if everybody has something weird about them and that's what makes everyone interesting, I guarantee you bump into someone who has a, so I, well, I personally love it when someone has a really unique hobby or interest and they're so passionate about it. It doesn't matter what it is. I just, I just love that. Yeah. I just love that someone's gone, got just gone full tilt into something that is not norm, normal air quotes. Yeah. And just put their lives into it. Like the cosplay stuff. I just think that's amazing. People are so passionate about something. I love that about people as well. I love when you find out something really odd or curious about totally a person. Totally random, yeah. yeah. And especially the people you wouldn't expect. Like, again, I think a lot of people's first perception of me, and I asked a couple of people who you know, are now my friends, like, what was your first perception of me? Because they saw me on social media before they met me. Yeah. It was a strange situation. They were like, I thought you were going to be a bit of a douche. 
just the way you just in your images and stuff. But he says, once you start reading the stuff you put up beneath those photos, you start to kind of build a, a, a picture of who you are. And then whenever you meet you in real life, you're exactly who you are in this, in the, in the words, not in that photo. So it's, it's always, uh, it's always strange to think what image you're presenting and then who you actually are. So it's something I'm always a bit conscious of. Um, what's one thing about you, Ben, that might surprise most people then? Oh, a few things. Um, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Like to the point where I know the names of the swords. We were walking around that expo yesterday. I got out of the Thor costume and we were walking around the expo and I was able to walk around the swords and I was just pointing out the swords and from Lord of the Rings and what their names were. Um, I used to play World of Warcraft way too much. Um, I collect Warhammer. That's like probably the nerdiest thing. Don't care. I love it. Like I love painting them. I love just building them. It's so therapeutic to me. It's something I've been doing since I was 11, since the first Lord of the Rings films came out. That's something I kind of drop in and out of, but it's something I just, I always think I'll do. And it just, it, it just allows me to focus on something completely because my, my brain is crazy. It's always thinking about the next thing or then the thing after that or then something in the other direction. And am I doing this right? Should I post now? Should it? So when I'm doing that, I can just focus in on exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's very therapeutic. Yeah. Gives you some you time. hundred percent. Yeah. Just, I'm a, just a big nerd. I think a lot of people look at me and, kind of assume that I'm just the guy who all they talk about is the gym. I don't think we've talked about the gym really at all. Well, I haven't talked about the no, gym. No. Really so, and I, you know, again, that's just one small part of me. It's a big part of me, but it's just one small part of me, much like my CF. It's exactly the same to me. It's something that I do. It's something I feel like I need to do. But once I've done it, it sits down. It's had its time. I move on to something else. Yep. So you're not just about the gym. No. You're not just about CF. There's no. You know, there's lots of other things going on as well. Yeah, it was a conversation I had with a guy actually who's he's, he's a big, big name in the industry. He's a, his name is Mike, Mike Rashid. This conversation I had with him once and he said, the last thing I want is someone to think all they can talk about is the gym with me. And I was like, that really sat with me. I was like, that's that's cool because that's, you know, I have more far more interest than just the gym. And in fact, when people do talk to me about the gym constantly, I'm just, my brain just starts slowing way down i'm just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because most of the time when you give them the advice they need they don't take it i did actually get to the point where i was considering telling people i was just a professional ping pong player <laughs> so they wouldn't ask me about how to train and how to eat and all that stuff because it's just way easier yeah. way way easier and they're like oh okay who's who can i speak to next <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah absolutely um what's one thing that you would say to a version of yourself 10 years ago if you could like what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Uh, this is going to sound really crazy, but that I'm not stupid. Uh, growing up, my brother and my sister were quite academically gifted. Um, not gifted. They didn't know they worked hard, uh, but they, they suited the school system a lot better than I did. I, if I didn't have an interest in something, that was it. I wasn't going to work hard at it because I just didn't, I just couldn't. Yeah. And I think school made me feel like I wasn't, I wasn't intelligent or that my friends were far smarter than me because they were better doing well in tests. And that kind of stuck with me for a while until I started learning about health and fitness and things that I was interested in. And then I realized I'm not stupid. Like I know, I know what I'm talking about. In fact, I know a lot. Like my, my brain just became a sponge for all this information, but it's because I found it interesting. And it, the, it was such a nice feeling. You're thinking I am not stupid. It's just this, the, the way that I was told to be taught or the way I was taught and the way I was essentially gauge whether I was smart enough just didn't suit me as a person you know there's some people who learn practically you know some people who need to write things down 
I basically found out that if I'm not interested in something, I'm not going to put in the effort. I just know that as, as a person now. And I just think if I could meet myself 10 years ago, I'd just be like, look, you're not stupid. Yeah. Don't feel like you are. You know, you just haven't found what you want to be smart at yet. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah. yeah. I, I, I must say, Ben, I really love that. I think so. I'm a big advocate for education, right? I think education is the, like it's the silver bullet, you know, it's the thing that can really, really help people unlock that next thing. But I think that school fails a lot of people in, in education. And so really love that. Like once people find out what that thing is that they're interested in, um, I think it actually can be a big confidence boost for a lot of people. Unbelievable for me, especially. I mean, I, yeah, I could talk about this for hours, but I'll, I'll, I'll not, but the fact that I felt like I wasn't stupid was it was it was amazing to me uh, you know it made me feel proud of myself and that's a hard thing to especially from someone from northern ireland and i find that people from northern ireland are very keep yourself to yourself don't don't show that you're proud of your work it's it's a weird mentality we have over here but i was proud of myself yeah and i don't have any shame in admitting that because i was like it felt great to be like i'm not stupid yeah i actually know what i'm talking about yeah it's it's uh it was a great feeling good moment yeah very great um what is, so if your house was on fire, right? Assuming friends, family, pets mm-hmm. got out safely and, you know, touch wood, this never happens. But mm-hmm. if your house was on fire, um, what's the one thing that you're going to try and make sure you grab on the way out to save? My hammer. Your hammer? My mule near. Yeah. My, my Thor's hammer. That's the only thing that I would kind of, again, because it's kind of a symbol now of who I am. Um, yeah, it'd be the hammer. Yeah. Definitely. Because, it's quite, it's quite expensive. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's both a sentimental, sentimental and a practical and reason. Monetary, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, probably that. But, but again, mainly because it's sweet looking. And, but yeah, it's because it's kind of now become my, you know, Superman has the S on his chest. Batman has the bat. Thor doesn't have a necessary a logo at all. I mean, he doesn't have anything in his chest. He's got the kind of armor, but it's those kind of circles on his chest. But that, that's not exactly iconic. The thing that's iconic about Thor is the hammer. Yeah. So I feel like that would just be me saving that. It's the first thing that popped in my head anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's really what it is. Love that. So I always like to sort of wrap up the, the podcast with just a couple of quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. If that's okay. So you don't need to think sort of too much about them and you can say either as little or as much about them as you want. Okay. Are you the type of person that prefers reading or watching telly to switch off? Watching telly. And what's that thing that you're going to stick on just to completely sort of space out? What's the one show that you think I'm definitely going to watch that just to chill out? Probably, probably something like Family Guy or something that I've potentially seen before. There's no, you don't really need to focus on what's going on. You just kind of just experience it. You don't need to think about stuff. Again, that's very rare because I do like to kind of keep switched on. But if it was looking for something, it'd probably be that or American football. Yeah. Something you don't have to think too much. Yeah. 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 Um, what's your most annoying habit? Oh, um, most annoying habit. Probably uh, taking off my clothes and just laying them where I left them. Like I, I just, it looks like I've exploded. So if I'm getting into a shower, I'll just take everything off and just it'll look like I've just a pile of clothes that I've just spontaneously combusted. <laughs> so I leave my clothes everywhere, which my wife thankfully picks up and puts away for me. Long-suffering yeah. wife. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, when was the last time you sang to yourself? And can you remember what it was you were singing? On the way here to here. It was a, an epic rap battle. Uh, Zeus versus Thor. 
I think we all would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, I would probably not see it, but not hear it. <laughs> yeah, I gave a good performance, but not not audio wise. Yeah. And last one then, what's your favorite thing to give as a gift to someone? Oh, can I go really cheesy with this one? Please do. Hope. 100%. Hope. There's nothing, you know, nothing tangible. It's just that because it's something that I'm so grateful that I can do it. Yeah. And not many people have that gift or that ability to be able to do that for someone. And I can, and it's, it's, it's incredible. So yeah, definitely hope. Yep. I love that. Thank you. Um, so I always like to hand over to my guest to sort of close out the show. So now's your chance to um, let people know where they can find out a little bit more about you, how they can follow you on whatever social media channels or, um, yeah, just share anything that's that's on your mind. So you can follow me at Instagram. It's at Ben Mudge underscore. Someone took Ben Mudge which a lot of people are finding out right now. Some guy who's never posted. I think he has one photo on his profile. I'll try to get it off him, but we'll see. So yeah, Ben Mudge underscore on Instagram, uh, Ben Mudge on Facebook, and then my website is benmudge.com. And I'm currently working on, but probably be finished by the time this comes out, the Ben Mudge community, which is the BMC, which is essentially a subscription-based website, which gives you everything you'll need for your health and fitness journey essentially it's just everything that i've learned over eight years of coaching in one area because i was getting tired of saying the same thing over and over and over and over again i thought you know what i'm going to say the one thing once and bring everyone to that rather than have to have the same conversation 100 200 300 times so that's something that i'm building at the moment and i i cannot wait for it to come out i'm I'm really excited about it because it could potentially help so many people and simplify so many things that I think are very overcomplicated in the fitness and health industry. Perfect. Ben, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming to speak with us today. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. That's it for this week, folks. We'll have another episode out next Wednesday. I just want to give you a heads up that next Wednesday isn't going to be the usual one-to-one interview. I have a few different guests, so I hope you'll enjoy this brief departure from our normal show. In the meantime, please do make sure you've left us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can connect with the podcast on Instagram between episodes at Spoke Podcast. That's where we provide sneak peeks and guest announcements. Thanks so much for listening.